Hey everybody, welcome back to Pardon My Clarity Podcast. I'm your host, John. Today I wanted to talk about prayer. Tonight my son had a cough that just uh, just been lingering for a day or two. Of course we've got him and, you know, taken some meds. Some cough meds, hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll clear it up soon. But something occurred to me, I was sitting there, finishing up a show, they're about to go to bed, and And it occurred to me, if I believe in the power of prayer, if we truly believe that our prayers can move mountains, our faith is capable of restoring health, physical health, then why not in my own home? Sure, we pray for the the loved one who has cancer or the lady in the church whose daughter is stricken with illness or that friend from high school whose kids are having a tough time dealing with surgeries or whatever's going on, and we don't really apply that to our own home. And so we took some time and we we sat Russell on the couch. And my wife and I and my three-year-old son anointed him with oil. And we placed our hands on him and prayed for God to heal him miraculously. Because that's what God does. We prayed in faith. We prayed blessing, protection. Healing for his chest, his throat, whatever might be scratchy in there. We prayed and we told Jesus how awesome he is. And how much faith we have in him. How much we trust him. We spoke blessing over Russell and healing. In the name of Jesus. And it got me thinking. This is how we're supposed to treat all illness. This is our commission. We're to battle the kingdom of darkness. And the flesh, a result of the sinful nature of man, is sickness. Right, The body is corrupt, the body is weak, the body is not perfect. It's going to die one day. But if we pray and ask in faith, nothing wavering, <laughs> he'll hear us. That's the kind of God that we have been adopted into. That's the God that you've bought into, if you will. Poor choice of words. You didn't buy anything, right? He bought you. He bought me. He bought us. Powerful thought. Unfortunately, so many times I feel like we don't, when it comes to sickness, we feel awkward. We feel like, well, I know I've I've heard the pastor talk about it. I've heard songs about it. I've sang songs. I've wept and worshipped about the healing power of God. I've seen metal plates dissolve. Don't you tell me he can't do it, right? The lyrics. (laughs) I've seen cancer disappear. And maybe you have, and that's wonderful, and I believe you. But man, it's so hard to turn that inward, right? When we have an ache or a pain or we have something, or our kids have something, or our spouse is dealing with a, a physical ailment of some kind. It's like it's so hard to pray for our own. Maybe you're 
listening to this and you have no concept of what that's like, maybe, you know, praying for somebody to get better is just that. Yeah, and dear Lord, help them to get better. But there's no laying on of hands, which is biblical. There's no anointing with oil, which is biblical. There's no commanding the saints to leave and healing, which is biblical. It's like we believe in the concept of faith. We believe in the concept of the miraculous, but we don't actually enforce that belief. We don't work out that salvation with fear and trembling. We don't, we don't live in it. We have faith, but no works. And the Bible says faith without works is dead. I've always heard that preached one-dimensionally. In other words, towards salvation, right? But faith applies to all areas of life, especially the Christian life. Even the unbeliever has faith, whether he realizes it or not. He has faith in his job. He has faith in his own power. He has faith in, in those that love him to continue loving him. He has faith in science to continue working around him, that gravity works, that everything else works, functions, right? We have faith. As Christians, we have a deeper faith. It's a faith in God, a faith that does not waver or shake, whether we have that faith or not. And oftentimes what we end up doing is we end up preaching the concept of faith without actually living it out. Especially in public. I'm not talking about Sunday mornings when the music is good and, and you're surrounded by those who are believing with you and for you. It's a little easier to live that out and that's wonderful. That is an encouraging environment. It's a greenhouse for a Christian, right? It blossoms and grows you at an accelerated rate and strengthens your foundation. Fires you up and sends you out into the world ready to do battle against darkness. It's wonderful, right? What about when there's no music playing and it's your coworker and they're sitting there going, yeah, man, I just had this aching in my back ever since I was a kid. You know, I tweaked my back playing ball and now I'm 32 years old and I've got this pain in my back that I just have to deal with. I've been taking meds for years and man, I wish it would just go away. Isn't that your cue to say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. And I believe God is going to heal you. Guys, I'm preaching myself here. That's hard to do. I think I mentioned it before. A couple weeks ago, the cashier at Walmart telling me she tore her rotator cuff in her shoulder, but didn't have the didn't have the insurance, didn't have the health care to take care of it. So she was just going to try and live with it. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, lay hands on her and pray for her right now for her healing. And I froze in line. There were six people behind me. They were impatient because of the torn rotator cuff. She was scanning the item slowly. And fear got the best of me. And my physical human logic kicked in and said, ah, this isn't real, right? I mean, I know it's real, but applying it right now, it's just not the best time. I'm not in the best of mood. These people are definitely not in the best of moods. What if it doesn't work? Well, a lot of fear, right? The spirit of fear and disbelief. Peter, in the middle of the waves, realizing, what am I doing outside the boat? Starts to lose focus and sink into his reality, right? He realizes that the buoyancy of water should not support his weight. In the physical, scientific realm, this should not be possible. And so he begins to believe only that and trust only in that. And he loses faith in Christ. He takes his eyes off of the Lord and begins to sink. Reality sets in, right? Jesus can change a reality. That's what he does. He turns water into wine. He makes dead people become alive people again. 
he takes a small lunch and feeds thousands with baskets left over. He defies physics. He defies scientific explanation. That's why it's useless to try and 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 prove his existence or his miracles in the scientific realm. Because his miracles supersede them. Even today. It's like we have no place for them in our lives. We, we have so little practical application of the phrase, greater works than these shall you do. You'll do greater works than I do. He's not talking about just preaching. That's what he did. He's saying you'll do greater than this. This is a this is a for, this is a foretaste of what's to come. This is a this is the preamble. This is the prelude. This is this is the trailer for the movie, which is going to be you, and me working in you. You see, the truth of it is when Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, what he's saying is you're not just going to watch me do them. You're going to do them, and I'm going to do them through you. And they're going to be, that's how it's going to be greater. Because it's not going to be physically Christ watching him and going, oh, well, of course that person's healed. The Christ, the Messiah just laid their hands on him. No, it's, wow, look at that person over there. That random Christian just laid their hands on that person. And I know they don't have any power because I know them. They're broken. They're human. They're flawed. And they just performed a supernatural miracle of Jesus. Of course, the greatest miracle of all being, I was listening to a podcast today and someone made a profound statement with which I wholeheartedly agree. And that is the greatest miracle that's ever been performed is the salvation of a lost soul from absolute sin to absolute holiness and righteousness at the moment of belief. It's so beautiful that God could turn someone's soul from dark to light in an instant. A lost could be a prince of God, the redeemed. There are so many other ways that God works in the world, so many of the ways he wants to help us other than just fire insurance, other than just salvation. There's growth, there's life, there's pursuit. He wants to be with you and in you and through you in all of that. Advancing the kingdom of heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's kingdom on earth. What do we think that means? What do we think the kingdom of God is? Righteousness, holiness, love. If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, what are the commandments? Love God, love others. So if you love me, keep my commandments, which are love me. <laughs> if you love me, love me. If you love me, love others. Those are the commandments. Jesus summed it all up. It's not how you dress or how you talk or how you walk or how you act or how you eat. It's none of those things. Love God and love others. And he's with you, right? He's with us. Hmm. And he wants to heal your children. Sometimes I think the reason why we don't apply that faith in our own lives and those around us, especially those we're responsible for, like our children, is because we don't think we actually deserve to ask that. It's like, no, tonight in church we prayed for 
someone with a brain tumor, that God would miraculously shrink the tumor and heal them. Or we prayed for someone who's on death's door that God would revive them supernaturally. So my son having a headache, you know, that's just not... We would never say it out loud. To say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. Like, of course God cares. But for some reason, we feel like we shouldn't bother God with something that trivial. And we forget that we are our father's children. We have direct access to the throne room. We don't even need to knock. We enter boldly, the Bible says. I love that word, <laughs> boldly, right? Let us now come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly means walk in like it's your kitchen. Walk in. Open the door of the fridge. Don't ask. Grab a blessing. Your father has given you that permission. You didn't earn that right, but you were given that right. Stop feeling so apologetic for asking from the father. Just ask, and you have it. So tonight, I ask for healing for my son, for his cough. Yeah, there are people out there in the world with much bigger problems. But my seven-year-old has a cough, and we asked his father God, Yahweh Almighty, the creator of the universe, to take away the cough. That's what we did. Because there's no request from my seven-year-old that God doesn't listen to. Because he is a child of God. He is my brother in Christ. He is my physical, biological son, and yet he is the son of God. He is one of God's sons. He is a son of God. And my wife is my mate for life in the physical realm, but she is a daughter of God. We are a family. And so we pray and bring each other before the throne of God. There's no request too small. I think sometimes in our nobility, but really it's not nobility, it's timidity. We feel like we are unworthy to ask these of God because for some reason we think that God shouldn't be bothered with your toothache, with your back pain, with your... Um, you know, that lump that's bothering you, that you don't know what it is yet, and the doctors are waiting for the test to come back. Or the relationship between you and your spouse, or you and your mother-in-law, or you and your sibling is stressed and strained, and you don't know how to fix it, and you have no idea how to push forward. And for some reason, you can't ask that of your father to reveal to you why it is or to help you fix it, to mend that relationship. God's not interested in that, we don't think. I'm not talking about which brand of toothpaste should I buy, God. <laughs> Although there's no problem with that either. Hmm. Do we have enough faith? Sometimes I feel like we, we believe we have faith to move mountains, but we don't believe God has enough faith to move the car. You know, the car's, the car's having some trouble. We don't believe God has enough, you know, we don't have enough faith for God to move that. But God can move the mountains. God can move your Toyota Corolla too. <laughs> I receive that. Hallelujah. What a God we serve.
And he wants to be a part of everything. He wants to be a part of every facet of your life. He wants to be a part of your success at work. He wants to be a part of your drive to work and what you do with your time. He wants to be a part of the conversations you have when you pick your kids up from school. He wants to be a part of that cup of coffee you're going to share with a friend later this week. He has a plan for those things, just like you do. He loves you enough to let your plan go forward without him. Why not include him? Why not include him? He's a wonderful father who gives good gifts to his children and he wants to be a part of your life. Even the little requests that you have that you think are too minuscule and too minute, too small, too insignificant to ask, he wants to be a part of those requests. He wants to grant them. He wants to heal a seven-year-old's cough. And by the way, he did. (laughs) He did. What a God we serve. Father, we love you. Your goodness is unending and undrainable. It can't be quenched. It can't be finished. It can't be exhausted. It is limitless. It's unlimited. It's overflowing. Father, we receive it. We come boldly for more blessing. Because you desire to give good gifts to your children. Help us to ask in faith, not wavering. You waver, you're like the wind of the you're like the wind of the sea driven with the wind, tossed. Help us to be steadfast, Lord, in your love. God, I pray blessing on those that would listen to this podcast. So let them realize, God, that you're ready to help with the small requests that they feel too timid to ask for. You are a good father. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray.